2: I do love that Trent Cooper also just tweets replies. (laughs) Called you out and totally called me out on my eastern, East Australian bias when I said have a nap before we get to do this review because it's going to be a late one. And of course, he replied, "It's not for us in the West because they're in a completely different time zone." And. Fair call. I was I was totally only speaking to
3: Melbourneians actually when I wrote that to I tweet. mean, I greatly appreciate it personally. Um, but you know, you're the one that got called out. Hey Nadine, it was good to see you the other day at the game. Yes. Thanks for all your help. Hello. I listened to our because obviously when we do
2: this, this chat gets turned into a podcast, and so I listened to it back, and I did realize that we did a lot of just talking to people who have tuned in and for anybody who podcasted it just would have been like what so i'll do my best to explain but we might have to do some editing um maybe i'll get started welcome to all of you and to those who are listening in particular welcome to the play on review here on instagram live i'm rana hussein and with me every week as always is aflw analyst Gemma bastiani or Lady Swamp Thing, as Darcy Vesio has dubbed you on I Twitter. Think, I
3: think it was Dame, if you were to be correct. It was Dame. 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 I don't know whether that's better or worse. But <laughs> I'd go with Dame. That's what it was.
2: Dame does. I'd rather be a Dame than a lady. Um, this, of course, <laughs> is because you now, can I say that you're rivaling Sir Swamp Thing on Twitter with your... No, not okay, rivaling. I, sh- I probably shouldn't say that you're rivaling. <laughs> You are, at the very least, uh, being mentored by Sir Swamp Thing, who is a champion analyst for the AFL and AFLW. Channel 7. And Channel 7. <laughs> God, I'm <laughs> clearly on top of it. I'm, full disclosure, full disclosure, I'm showered, cleansed, exfoliated, didn't wax, um, <laughs> wearing earrings and pyjama bottoms. So <laughs> it's a real... Real situation on this Sunday evening. I'm so sorry. Let's get into this. Um, we, of course, are reviewing round two of AFLW. This will be up online and you can get it however you get your podcasts. Um, definitely some festival of footy vibes this weekend for me. It just felt like I, I know it was the same amount of games, but it felt like there were more being played. Are you exhausted
3: or are you loving it, Gemma? A uh, little bit of both. Um. I think it felt that way because it was over three days instead of four. And mm. then there were four games today. So it did feel like a lot, but also, you know, watching from home today was much easier than driving to Casey Fields, which is the end of the earth. So, you know, different different vibes on different days. Absolutely. And apologies to my family who haven't seen me get off the couch all day
2: because <laughs> I was watching... <laughs> A lot four of Four games, four games. Four games, So, Anyway, let's get started. Western Bulldogs versus Carlton on Friday night at Oval for the inaugural Pride round game, and they obviously have been playing a Pride game for many years now. It ended up being an amazing game. 6 Western Bulldogs to Carlton 5 You, in your preview with... Uh, Oh, my God. Julia. <laughs> Julia. I went to say Gemma Montesano. That's me. That's not her name. Julia <laughs> Um, And you both tipped Carlton. You both expected Carlton to to win, but Pultons just outran them.
3: So I think actually what I said in that preview was... I'm talking positively about the Western Bulldogs for the whole thing, but then I decided to tip Carlton for some reason. Um yes. And I obviously was, yeah, I don't know why I did that, and I clearly was wrong. Uh, but, yeah, the Dogs, I think, the really cool thing about what they did was that they've got a really young backline. They named a really young backline. So out of their six, like, defenders in that group, Eleanor Brown's 21, Sarah Hartwig's 18, Katie Lynch is 20, Naomi Ferris is 23, and Elise Gamble is 23. So... Gogos was kind of the only senior player in that defensive group the way they kept their structure um, as a young group of players was really impressive and being able to see it from kind of above where I was um, standing for the game you could really see how they they weren't getting sucked up into the contest or sucked up into flooding that um, forward line. And it not only created space for their own forwards to do their thing, but also they just didn't allow any sort of exit for Carlton's de- um, defence back out of there. So that was super impressive to me.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it was, it, it was fun to – it was a game that was fun to watch, but I can't help but feel like for Carlton fans – there might be um, even more disappointment. It definitely felt like they've shown their weakness now and it's been two weeks of kind of the same thing and I'm a little bit worried for them. Should I be?
3: Yeah, it's hard to pin it on players that are missing or things like that because we know that they do have really good players missing. Lucy McAvoy is out, Gab Pound is out, um, you know, you didn't play. But it's also, you know, a lot of really good players are still in that side and the things that they're kind of being beaten on are consummate footy things. So being pressured on the outside of the contest, how do you deal with that? They haven't dealt with it very well. Um, You know, going forward late in games when they have surges and they have repeat forward 50 entries, can you convert those entries? They haven't really been able to do that. So those are the two things that's like... Those aren't things that Gab Pound and Lala Weefy and Lucy McAvoy are immediately going to fix. They have the players in the side that should be able to deal with that, and they haven't been able to.
2: Who are your 3 two, ones for this
3: game? Yeah, far out. We didn't even talk about why the Bulldogs were good, but um, I've oh, given sorry, one adjustment yeah, Just No, quick no, 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 It's fine. <laughs> we People did can it at read all. the. Sorry, just... <laughs> we're trying to make it quick, I and know, so you can't fit everything I in um well actually you can, let, let, you can read my roundup if you want <laughs> yes but let's quickly talk about
2: alia blackman because we didn't talk about her last week and she was incredible julie Chiara in our Outer sanctum chat group said give her the bnf right now
3: which i kind of agree with <laughs> just give it to her she's
2: she's just amazing
3: what do you think yeah so i i mean she's kind of taken that captaincy role on she's 25 she's leading quite a young group. There are senior players and older players in the side, but a lot of them aren't even making it into the side at the moment. Mm. The fact that she leads by doing, and we'll get to it later, but I think Kiara Bowers is a really kind of good close comparison in terms of taking the game on your own shoulders and showing what you can do to surge your teammates along. Um, it's also the second time in her career that she's had more than 20 disposals and two goals and the first time she did that was last week so she's also kind of taken her game to a new level consistently over the two weeks so far as well so there's a lot to like about what about what ellie blackburn is doing she must be such a great captain to have as well though Mm.
2: i kind of just want to be her friend and do you think i can ask her out for a coffee or something
3: i saw how can anyone say no to you right Plenty of people do, Gemma.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sadly. Um, Let's get to your 3-2-1s with this game. I mean, I I will say, like, uh, and you've got this here, like, Taylor Harris kicked two goals, but she still kind of was outplayed, um, despite doing some really amazing things, which she always seems to do at a pride round. Um, at a pride game, sorry, a Witten Oval. Um, And, you know, we got that beautiful picture by Michael Wilson um, of her pack mark. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like um, there there wasn't a Taylor Harris, it wasn't a Taylor Harris game for me.
3: Yeah, so I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is Elise Gamble, I think, played a really good game. Even if you think about the fact that, you know, Taylor Harris was her direct opponent and Harris kicked two goals and you know that makes it look bad for the defender. But there were a lot of times where she was outnumbered in that Carlton forward 50 and she was able to hold up the play until support arrived. And I think that was a really big part of it. And that maybe tarnished Taylor Harris's game a little bit because she wasn't able to beat in those one-on-ones or those outnumbers. The other thing is, I think we just expect a lot of Taylor Harris. And then when she doesn't do amazing things constantly throughout the game people just assume that she's had a bad game when you look at the score sheet she's kicked two goals she's taken this many contested marks so I think we also like as a collective and being someone who looks at Twitter a lot during games I think as a fan group or people that hate the AFLW that just want to rag on it we need to temper our expectations of some of these players because you talk them up like they're superheroes and what they do is incredible but Taylor Harris isn't going to go out and kick five goals a game, especially when she's not necessarily getting the support from her teammates either. So we need to take it easy on her. I think. Yeah. Good point. Sorry, Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I, but like, you're right. And
2: I think, you know, that she has a statue and a book and she's a big name. She was nominated for Australian of the Young Australian of the Year, but that's a, a lot of that is for her off field what she does off field mm. and what she represents rather than you know going out there and smashing it every single week I've asked for your three two, ones twice now so I think I'm, I'll just let you say them this time <laughs> go I think,
3: I think ours are similar but not the same um, I've given Jess Fitzgerald one I think uh, I hope she gets a rising star nomination because I think she was brilliant um, two to Kirsty Lamb mm. I think Kirsty Lamb she plays that defensive midfielder really well to support who else is there she also uses the ball really well when she gets it so I really liked that and then three to Ellie Blackburn because you can't not give three votes to Ellie Blackburn
2: Absolutely, well, I was very similar, except that I gave two to Presparkus, who I saw at Casey Fields, which we'll get to, and just freaked out. And I was standing right next to her and didn't say anything to her. Instead of just like a normal adult introducing myself, I just stood there and froze. So that was real dumb from me. <laughs> Hi, Maddie Presparkus, I'm a fan. <laughs> Let's go into Collingwood versus Geelong. Saturday at Victoria Park. This was not one that you would have previewed. <laughs> you actually previewed Collingwood versus Gold Coast Suns, uh, but obviously the fixture changed and we ended up with Collingwood running over Geelong, 6 45 to Geelong's 2 four sixteen. What did you make of this game?
3: Yeah, so I Collingwood, not Collingwood, Geelong, we talked last week about how, you know, Phoebe Williams was constantly outnumbered and they kept going to her and how was she meant to kick goals when she's constantly outnumbered. So they brought in and I think I said in either the preview or in our review last week that, you know, expect to see um an Olivia Barber or a Steph Williams play next week and make their debut. Both of them played. They got they they were active within that forward fifty. Um Liv Barber kicked a goal like seconds into the game or something. The issue isn't so much The forward line, I think it's the midfield being beaten and then their entries forward are so Mm. poor that it comes straight back out. So I think a lot of Geelong's issues come down to that midfield, which had last year seemed like their biggest improvement. They had all these young players, all this sort of stuff. Outside of Morrison, there's not that much difference in that midfield, but they seem to have taken that half step backwards and teams are finding them out that way.
2: Yeah, I really felt for Geelong, it just they just looked outclassed and I'm interested in what they now go back and do. Not that you'll have the answers to that, but, um, or you might, you can take a (laughs) a go, but I just want to, as a group playing group, what they're saying to themselves and what they say to each other after each game, because if they've had two really tough games now, and I think also similar to like what we were saying about Taylor Harris, I think the expectations were a bit higher of Geelong, um, than what they've produced so far. Um I want to ask you about Lambert because she has been a little quieter than she was last season. Um, but Bree Davies come out firing. So does it matter for Collingwood?
3: Yeah, so that's the beauty of this Collingwood midfield is that they have so many players there that can step up and 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 I again I liken it to that Fremantle midfield where it's like, oh, you know. If Kara Antonia is not having a great day, there's four others that can have a great day in that midfield and it's not felt so much. We're starting to see that more from Collingwood and that's helped their forward line, I think, operate better. Um, So Lambert, her numbers are down a little bit. She's not getting as much of the ball. She's not getting as many clearances as she was. She was totally dominant last year. But Brianna Davies come in and destroyed it she had eight inside 50s that's I think equal third most in a game in AFLW history that's Ooh. a lot of inside 50s that's getting like being really proactive with the way she uses the ball and then you add to that that Britt Bonici has kind of
1: mm.
3: I say plateaued but I mean she hasn't gone backwards in in her really impressive year last year so they have that support and then you think about Shani Norder who's winning clearances for them regularly I think she led Led the um the game for clearances with five or something, so you know there's enough there that Lambert can have a couple of down weeks or play a different role, maybe she's playing more outside um and it not hurt them.
2: they're looking so strong, I mean I'd be interested to see who they play next weekend, but Far out, they're looking dominant at the moment, and uh, I'm terrified of Collingwood. <laughs> but but having said that, they as a club have had a really rough week, and so I wonder how much you feel. I don't know if this is right
3: or not, but you feel like. I mean, it's like been brought upon themselves, though.
2: Yes, absolutely. But you feel like the women's teams sit outside of all that stuff, which isn't the case, and they're part of the club, but. I don't know. Going into this, I didn't think, oh, they've had a rough week as a club. I just went, yeah, they're fine. So
3: <laughs> Yeah, because you think about who else has been having a rough week. It's like GWS and all that things they've been through. You think about the WA teams who were locked down and then on Friday when they were able to have one training session found out that they were playing on like mm. today. You think about Adelaide who have had to move around. Like that's rough because it's yeah. out of their control. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Collingwood, it feels a little bit like, well, you guys kind of did that to yourselves, so there's not much sympathy there, even though I know it's not the players' fault.
2: No, and, and they did, it's worth noting, they did as a playing group come out alongside the men's team and, you know, make that statement of sorry. Um, we've got a comment in the comment section here saying Stacey Livingston as well has been doing an incredible job. And Another Chloe seven Moore... intercepts for her. Another seven intercepts. Okay. Chloe Malloy, Ruby Schleicher playing well too. Sorry. I was just me like hearing a stat and just it go flying right over my head. (laughs) (laughs) I'm slowly getting there. So, you know what footy to me is? I literally said this to the person I went to the um, Melbourne-Richmond game with. I said, turned to him and said, they just need to get the football to the forward line. (laughs) he said, yeah, really? that's the game. So I'm sorry <laughs> that the, you, you're you
3: doing this with me, but <laughs> I love the game. It's just, uh, yeah. Sometimes it just seems so obvious, doesn't it? it did, well, but that, anyway, we'll get to that game. Um, oh no, we are going
2: to get to that game <laughs> next, but let's just quickly get your three, two, one.
3: Yes. So um, I have given one to Ruby Schleicher. I'm a massive, massive fan of hers. Um, I think last week she's incredible. I think she looks a lot stronger this year as well. And I love how she's been playing. Two to Britt Benici because, again, she's been that rock-solid person in the midfield, allowing that midfield to do other things. And then, you know, similar to Ellie Blackburn before, you can't not give the three votes to Bree Davey.
2: Yeah, I had Davey and Benici as well. And then I put a one that I was going to discuss with you, but I didn't get a chance to. So I had, like, Webster slash Malloy. (laughs) <laughs> She's always. I felt like in that game, there were so many players I could have given one point, a one pointer to,
3: so. Maybe I'll just... Webster is a good one to pick out, though. She did have a really good game among a team that struggled.
2: Yeah, I, I thought, maybe it's just I'm generous. So let's go with Webster. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> so I'm really showing myself up here. Malvin versus Richmond at Casey Field's. Uh, Melbourne absolutely demolished Richmond 7-2-44 16 Don't pump your fist Gemma Bastiani Oh my goodness This was very very difficult to watch although I will say that I saw some really good things from Richmond uh, I see improvement and I see a side that does get the ball to the forward line Um <laughs> But maybe isn't using it well in front of goals and a little bit, a little bit clumsy. What did you make of this game?
3: So I, I have to preface the way I talk about this specific game that I'm a Melbourne supporter. Mm-hmm. And maybe I judge them a bit more harshly than I do other teams because I'm so invested in them doing well. But... Melbourne, their key defensive stocks have been a concern. Obviously, Cordner has gone to Richmond. Meg Downey is out for I don't know how many weeks with that ankle injury. There aren't really many key defenders. So coming up against a Richmond who have Katie Brennan, Sabrina Frederick, and Courtney Whitefield, who are all great contester marks, aerial players who can kick goals in that forward line, it felt like it was a danger game for Melbourne because that was such a key area that could be exploited. Um, not to mention Melbourne for the past 14 games have had a streak of going win-win-loss win-win-loss and Melbourne were coming off two wins um So going into the game, I was really, really happy with Sinead Goldrick, who had to play as a tall defender. She's 168 centimeters; She's my height. And she was playing as a tall defender on players like Sabrina Frederick and Katie Brenner, which was remarkable. But then she was using her speed to get the ball out. And she's someone that's come off two weeks of quarantine just before the season started. So she was incredible to me. Um, I I also thought that Richmond didn't use that well, but then they did adapt at ground level and they had 20 tackles inside 50. Um, Melbourne only had six. So that I think was good because they kept the ball in there and they kept the pressure on. But I would have loved to see Richmond exploit that aerial game a bit more because we know that you have the players that can take those marks. I thought they might because you said that in the preview and I just assumed that everybody,
2: <laughs> all the coaches were listening, but they didn't. I mean, look, it was an early goal from Sabrina. uh, and a late one from Sarah Hosking, but yep. that was about it. And it was tough. I will say it was, I see Ali McKenzie play, and I just think, oh my goodness, she's gonna be amazing. And I just kind of wanna fast forward time to when she. She's so
3: big too. She's, she's massive in that midfield. Yeah.
2: Yeah, she's imposing. And I yep. just, I can't wait. Her and Monconti, you just watch this side and you think, okay. We've just got a few things to kind of go, go right and then it's going to be,
3: they're going to be real dominant, I think. But um, yeah, that could be oh, I wouldn't up. go that far. I'd say <laughs> they, they're going to be fun to watch. Yeah.
2: Hard to beat. <laughs> I want them to be fun to watch hard to beat. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned, Tiger Army. <laughs> Uh, my, oh my heart is breaking goodness. only a little bit because i also go for melbourne so it was just a weird day all around for me um <laughs> um let's move on get let's get your three two one for that game
3: yeah so um i've given i can't even see what I, yeah i've given one to mon because i think she rebounded after a poor week last week and had her say in the game which i think was really important given two to sinead goldrick because of what i just mentioned in terms of the way she had to play out of a kind of comfort zone to and did a really good job and the three to tyler hanks who you know is quite small played the whole day on ellie mckenzie went with her the whole game she her two-way running is spectacular and you know i think she had a much bigger say in the game than even karen paxman did so um yeah love tyler hanks what about you? i
2: agree i had three for tyler hanks two for conti because i just thought she was everywhere and um had almost the most disposals i think um and...
3: I've just seen what your one is, and I'm really happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I gave. I just one noticed seven. it. Yes, I just thought. Oh, I mean, we texted about
2: Bannon on the day. Just um, what an amazing player she is, and yeah. I was so happy to see her kick a few goals, a couple of goals. What
3: did you want to say something? Because I know you were thrilled. I. Just love Alyssa Bannon. And um when the draft was happening, I was on a live video I was live tweeting it for Siren and I was on a live chat with Alison Smurnoff from the Darwin Falcons and Siren. And when the Western Bullogs took Jess Fitzgerald, the pick before Melbourne, I like made a weird noise. And <laughs> Alison was just like what are you doing? Um, and then when they announced Bannon, I kind of like yelped and I was just so happy because she's exactly the kind of player Melbourne needed and she's just such a good person and she's so mature and I was kind of near her family and all of her family have Guernseys with the number 16 on them. Aww. Like they're all about it. It's, it's just such a good vibe to be like at the club that you support. I'm really excited about her and I'm stoked that she got two goals.
2: Um, the other text that I fired off that weren't to you uh, was to Tess Armstrong, who is also a Tigers supporter, saying, "Why didn't we recruit Manon and Paxman? Like, what were we doing? <laughs> I don't have a word internally. I have no power, by the way." <laughs> I I I won't be having a word, but I wish I could be having a word. <laughs> Why didn't we take that? Anyway, let's continue. North Melbourne versus St Kilda on Sunday today at Arden Street, five six thirty six. North Melbourne to St Kilda one four ten. I feel like that score doesn't really tell us what the game showed us, which was a St Kilda that really showed some amazing gut running for starters. Um, and really took it to North Melbourne as I think as best as anyone can, and played a pretty good game for me. I
3: think, uh, yeah, I I think they encouraging signs. I think the first half um, we kind of saw the difference was the clean hands. Mm. So North Melbourne love to get that run on. They love to get the handball through the corridor and run in waves, and then deliver the ball forward. And, you know, they hit those targets. So, like, if they're kicking or they're handballing through the corridor on the run, they're hitting those targets and it's moving the ball forward. The Saints were also getting that run. They were finding that space. They were positioning themselves well. But too often it would break down with an errant handball or a fumble on the receive. And it would just break down that run. Mm. Um, The the Saints are, like, three or four handball receives away from matching a North Melbourne. So in the first half, it was very much that where they were taking the game on. They were trying to play that attacking footy, like almost a high risk, high reward type of footy as, the, as we saw last week. And just because those couple of things didn't work, it felt like they retreated a little bit and then chose to play a bit more defensively mm. in the second half. So that's why the margin isn't as big as, say, a Geelong the week before. But it was because the Saints sacrificed their own attack in order to minimise the damage. And I think the loss of Bianca Jacobson during the game really had an impact on that as well, because Jacobson runs hard. She's a really good aerial contest, so either stopping someone like Jasmine Garner or um, Kate Gillespie-Jones from taking a contested mark or being an option herself. So those couple of things combined, I think, ended up hurting the Saints.
2: Yeah, I think I'm. <laughs> I think my take on football is always a little bit Pollyanna, and I probably wanted <laughs> St Kilda to, to be, uh, to have scored a little bit better than they did, I guess. But, and I, I just love the way they play, and I know that they. You're right. They did sort of give it up in the second half to stop the bleeding a little bit, but I think, especially for me, of the developing clubs they're on top. And so I sort of expect a little, you know, I I feel like I'm still in that phase of, Oh, I'm impressed with what you're doing, but you're right. There was not a lot of clean footy from them. And I think they
3: work on that though. And they
2: will be, they'll be up
3: there. Yeah. Um, They're that, they're that close to it. Yeah, It's just those couple of handball receives and that's the difference.
2: Um, North kicked fifth high, their fifth highest score, the fifth highest score in AFLW last week, 71, and averaged 49 points last year. Um, I'm interested in how often you are flicking back to last year's stats when you look at this year. Is that part of your process? Do you, are you constantly comparing what's happened last season to this season?
3: I think there are, because we're so early in the season, I think there's some metrics that it's really interesting to compare. And I think especially for clubs that have remained largely the same, so clubs that have retained most of their players, they don't have too many injuries, I think it is relevant. Um, and North Melbourne are definitely one of them. And I, I did a big kind of deep dive into scoring and defense um, of every single team in the competition mid last year, maybe late last year, and that's kind of something that I look back on a lot because it included um, average goal kickers, which we'll get to for another game, Mm -hmm. Um, average score, accuracy, and average shots on goal, and then that on the reverse. So average shots on goal conceded and average score conceded. I just think it's an interesting metric to compare to, not just in terms of how a team is tracking, how they've improved, how they've not, but also in terms of the competition-wide. So we talked last week about... um, you know, scoring has gone up and accuracy for... Oh, I think Emma actually, Emma Race actually Mm. asked for those stats and I messaged them to her not too long afterwards. But yeah, average score and all that sort of stuff is interesting because it also tells you how the competition is developing. So in round one in 2020, with the 14 teams, so seven games, there were, I think, 48 goals scored. In round one 2021, same number of teams, there was 77. So that's a massive increase in goals scored. Um It probably has gone down a little bit this week, given some of the weather conditions. But, you know, it's just an interesting thing to keep track on. I personally don't think that a lot of scoring means it's a good game, but it's a good thing to have in your back pocket when people are being wankers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was not what I was expecting to come out of your mouth. That was so good. I please, internet, clip that out <laughs> and use it wherever possible. That was so good. I'm gonna need that as a grab for later. Um, before we get your 321, um, I really want to know what the story is for North Melbourne now because we've seen two really dominant performances. Premiership? Are we are we what? can we I go mean, there?
3: Well, we talk about Geelong and how they've struggled and, you know, they came up against North Melbourne and Collingwood, who are two teams that everyone expected to be in the top four. North Melbourne have come up against Geelong and St Kilda, who are two of the most recent expansion teams. So, I don't know, I'd like to see North Melbourne be able to do this against a Fremantle in the dry or a Collingwood or even a Melbourne at this point Mm. um, or a Brisbane um, before I make any of those judgments because, you know... The Saints did pretty well to keep them to 36 points Mm. when they averaged 49 last year. So, And they're not playing – and I said this last week as well – they're not playing that systematic, destructive footy we've seen from them before yet. So I'm not saying they're bad. I just don't think they haven't hit their straps yet, and I want to see that before I make any big calls on them.
2: Yeah, they really need to be tested before we can assess them. Just a reminder, if you do have any questions for Gemma, again, not me. (laughs) Or Rana. (laughs) I can tell you, I can give you the feels, but I don't know what I can tell you about the actual football. Uh, please pop them in the comment section. You're very welcome to do so. I am noticing the absence of Emma Race today. Yeah, um, she's I miss you, Emma. To- totally trolling us last week. Um, <laughs> I'll grab your 3 two, ones ones this game. I had Carney, I think I'm going to go with. Riddell and Patrikios. I, I loved Patrikios's game. Um, I just love watching her play, and I think
0: she... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello?
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jeez.
2: I just can't wait to just see her get better and better every year.
3: So, Carney, three votes? Is that what you're saying? Yes.
2: Which is weird, Um, I know, but I...
3: No, it's okay. I'm That's just checking because I need to track these for our. School oh yes, off. I did have
2: Br- Bruton slash
3: Connie. Britain, I three votes or none. There's no <laughs> yeah. in between.
2: No, I, I should have put her in two That was so so <laughs> cutthroat of me. You're gone, Britain.
3: <laughs> oh, I actually have tears in my eyes now. Um. <laughs> I love a I love a late night uh, review. It is right. Yeah, it is late, isn't it? It's getting late. We're getting loopy. Sorry. Blame the WA people. I'm just gonna say. (laughs) Shout out! Shout out to people in WA. I know I'm gonna get. (laughs) 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 I'm waiting for a message from him now. Um, uh, If you want to hear what I think about Patricios' game, read the roundup. On siren okay. from Tuesday, just FYI, um, that made it sound really bad. I, I know, really I was like Patricia; like, oh <laughs> <God." laughs> she sucked. It was terrible. No, um, I'm losing my mind. Sorry. So I've given one vote to Ashfordell. I think she's a superstar. Her ability to just run through a pack and use her speed through those contests is really good, and then gets forward and kicks a goal. Jasmine Garner, two votes. Jasmine Garner is a freak. She last week. Had seven clearances, which was a career high for her. And this week she had eight, so she's being more damaging in the midfield than she did last year. She's kicked three goals already this season. Yeah. Last last year she kicked eight. She's a freak. Like she is the best player in the competition. I don't care what anyone else says. And then three to Ryan didn- and what? I
2: can't believe I didn't well,
3: book <laughs> and, and Bruton three or none. Um, you're doing well. It's good. I like it. This um play on performer tally is gonna be wild by the end of this season, so keep an eye. Uh thanks Rana for keeping it interesting. <laughs> um yeah, three votes to Rewatt is my three because I think Rewatt did a brilliant job on uh Emma King as yes. well.
2: Yes. Oh my god, I didn't even uh, anyway, we won't be able to get
3: Read to the that, roundup.
2: If we read the roundup, but yeah, that read that roundup. matchup, Emma King and Rewatt was very interesting we knew it was coming and it was great to watch let's go to Brisbane versus Gold Coast the Q clash at what I always say in my mind Malhiki Park um <laughs> every single time uh Brisbane well 10... she commentated this game as she well. did commentate this game so it works <laughs> Brisbane uh 10-5-65 to Gold Coast 0-1-1 What a heartbreaker. If you were to have previewed this game, which you didn't get to because we didn't know this was going to be the game played, what would you have said ahead of this game? Um,
3: I I wouldn't have called such a margin, but I Mm. do think going into it that Brisbane were the stronger team. And we saw last year, you know, the tale of two halves and the, the draw and all that sort of stuff. I think Brisbane showed more last week and they've got a deeper list um, at the moment than what the Suns do. The Suns are relying really heavily on a lot of debutants to have a big impact, whereas maybe Brisbane are one or two years ahead of that. So I wouldn't have picked this sort of margin, though, because I, I thought the Suns had improved their attack. Um, clearly not. Uh, mm. A bit depressing for the Suns.
2: Suns only had 15 inside 50s um, for the game. And we, we did see the Lions' defensive strength last week against richmond like it was clearly clearly on show um so they were always going to have a good game but yeah it was not the suns that i thought we would see um you've got here in your notes and i have to agree that there was the young guns up forward shining um wardlaw got best on ground i believe yep uh yep. and i thought she just she was amazing um and Dakota Davidson, who you shouted at last week, just shone again.
3: Yeah, so they each kicked four goals. It's the first time in AFLW history that two teammates have kicked four goals in a game, um, which wow. is, you know, remarkable. They kicked eight of the club's 10 goals for the game. Um, Dakota Davidson, I think, again, I, I said the same thing last week, as you've mentioned already, but... The little things that she's doing right are working so much in the Lions' favour. She kicked one goal last week, but the fact that she was able to... Those little things kind of came to be on her stat sheet rather than someone else's this week by her kicking four goals. Her positioning was outstanding. Her leading up at the ball was outstanding. And then she kicked straight. So Mm. that's the other thing. And you mentioned this somewhere as well. She actually went back and kicked the goals. Wardlaw last week, a little bit different. She only had two touches for the game. Harriet Cordner really kind of played her out of that game. She took that in her stride. She's only 20, came out and again, was taking really good contestant marks and going back and kicking straight. How much more can you ask of two really young forwards? Mm. It's the best. I just can't get
2: over this season how the young players, how good they are. And it makes sense because of having you know uninterrupted footy pathways for them um so it's natural that they are so good but it's just when you see it in front of you it just you just think oh my god this game is only going to get better um and I'm really yeah. excited for everybody for that um anything else before we get your three two one for this game
3: I think the thing with the Suns is they're so used to being the ones to apply the pressure they, mm. they don't know how to adapt when it's coming the other way, and that's something we saw in the in the final against Fremantle last week last year. The Suns were the second best pressure side in the competition behind Fremantle, um, and then Fremantle used that against them, and they kind of collapsed under that pressure that's exactly what happened in this game it's what happened after quarter time against Melbourne last week so their inability to deal with that pressure that's coming their way rather than being the ones to put it on is is starting to be a bit of a concern
2: I do wonder if this is one of those games where if they knew they were playing Brisbane they might have focused a little bit more on that I mean I I know you're saying you know we saw it again we saw similar things last week from the Suns but I don't know I just wonder they might have had something a little bit different
3: yeah, it was also 34 degrees, the heat policy yes. had been enacted and they were down, I think, two players for the second half, at least an East Bradfield definitely, but I think there was a second player that was missing for a lot of the second half as well. So, you know, they were kind of running with really tired legs, but also some of the stuff was just a bit unforgivable at times. Mm. So mm. they'll they'll recoup and they'll hit next week really hard whoever they're playing, but this, this will burn for them for a long time, I think.
2: Yeah. Who are your 3-2-1 for this game?
3: So one to Nat Grider, who was great last week as well. The, the way she's so calm when she gets the ball and then makes really good decisions when she's using it, whether she is able to hit an oppo- a, a teammate on the chest, whether she's able to put it to the advantage of a teammate in space, it's so, so smart. And I'm really excited to see her playing really well this year. I've given two to Jessie Wardlaw, who kicked the four goals really strong. And then three to Sophie Conway. Sophie mm. Conway's two-way running is close to the best in the competition and she's great to watch. I gave
2: three to Wardlaw, two to Hodder and one to Davidson. Um, yes, I, I like need, that. I don't need to explain myself to <laughs> <laughs> No, it's good. It's good. I like it. Well, let's move on to GWS versus Adelaide today at Blacktown International Sports Park. Uh, GWS Giants 2 three fifteen to Adelaide's 9 8 to another blowout. Uh, I was really depressed after this mainly because I just wanted so much for GWS to win or get close and have like a really great day and it just wasn't
3: <laughs> it just didn't they've just had such a tough start to the season as well like after all the stuff in their preseason. Now they've come up against Fremantle and Adelaide, who are two really highly touted teams that score really heavily. It's just like, and they were with, without Annalise Lister from that oh. back line who's so important. It's just like all these things are on top of them. Um, I I think, and and preseason, this was a conversation I was having with a lot of people, is that their midfield is very strong and they can win clearances, but who's going to be one to break out of that? Yeah. In the second half, Elise Parker kind of did that a little bit, was able to break out out of the contest and clear the ball after getting a little bit of separation. And I think that was really good, but they need a little bit more of that. And again, this is a club who haven't been as a group since before the preseason even started. That to, this week was the first time all of them had been together and that was after a week of isolation. So I think we need to take it a little bit easy on GWS given their circumstances. There's a lot to like. Adelaide mm-hmm. is just a really good team as
0: well.
2: They're an incredible team. They had seven goal kickers uh, and six last week. So we sort of knew it was coming, but it, it just watching that side, you can really see the experience, the older players just knowing exactly what they're doing and playing beautiful football. And it's kind of, I don't know why I didn't pick them as potential premiership winners <laughs> because watching them play, they're like stunning to watch. The skills are incredible.
3: Well, it's it's the whole, like, if Aaron Phillips is playing well, does everyone else play well type thing. Like, they're yet to prove that without her... And I know Chelsea Randall's incredible. I know Hannah Button being back is incredible. I know Ray Metcalf as well. But, you know, if Aaron Phillips isn't there, does everyone else step up? And we haven't seen that happen yet. So it's hard to tip them if you don't know if Phillips is fit yet, because a mm-hmm. lot of it is just contingent on that. But the crows in their premiership year of 2019 they were arguably the best side we've seen in the aflw um they their their average score was nearly 60 which is out of the out of this world in the context of aflw to that point they were averaging i think 5.9 uh goal kickers a game that dropped down to 3.5 last year but now it's back up they had seven which is double that today they had six last week so they're finding those other avenues to goal which is so hard to defend and that I think is a really good indication that they're back to that 2019 Adelaide and not last year which again is it just solely contingent on Aaron Phillips Mm. being there or not
2: that's such a good point and maybe that's what I was picking up on I felt like there was just an ease there on the ground with them but maybe it is the Aaron Phillips effect and shout out to Tess Armstrong um, who was singing, there's only one Aaron Phillips last week, all week. And there is only one Aaron Phillips. I mean, we I'll loved just... It. We do love tests. Um, let's get to your three, two, ones for this game.
3: Yeah, so one to Danielle Ponta. She kicked three goals. I thought she was going to ruin a tweet that I had sent out, which was the number of uh, everyone who had kicked four four plus goals in a game before. Um, but no, she kicked three, so it was fine. I didn't have to fix it. Um, two to Chelsea Randall. She is covering the ground so well now that she's back. Um, and then three to Elise Parker because I think she really battled strongly for the whole game for her team and kicked her first ever goal in AFLW.
2: I think I wrote mine backwards <laughs> um, and didn't even write the,
1: my you three
2: words down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is, this is how my round has been the wheels are falling <laughs> off this has been a tough one i've had a tough week okay um danielle ponta for me for one point and hatchard two and i would also have put elise parker for three votes um awesome. thank god i don't vote in for the brown low because I, I would love to. T- <laughs> I would be it would, My me voting on the Brownlow would be like I like his beard, and <laughs> he wears for a full sleeve jumper, and I like that, so I'm gonna give you a point. <laughs> and I'm underselling myself here, but that's, that's the kind of how it goes. In Different my brain. priorities, Rana. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about this last game. I will be honest. I'm gonna have to just sit back and let you talk. Which is basically what I do anyway. Um, because I was busy doing dinner and bath for my five-year-old, but um, I got to watch a li- little bits and pieces. We had Freo versus West Coast at Fremantle Oval, the Derby. Fremantle ran over West Coast two eleven twenty-three to West Coast's two A very wet game, which was weird to watch. By the way, it was just strange. Mm-hmm because all we've been hearing out of West Coast is that there's bushfires. I mean, so thrilled to see some rain get there. Um, So a really tough game, really, in the weather. Um, What did you make of this game?
3: Yeah, so I think there were two players that kind of stood out for each team. Um, For Frio, obviously Kiara Bowers, she won the best on-ground medal. She led, I think her game style leans itself into a game a, a wet game um she had 14 tackles which you know she had 18 in last um western derby i think you meant to say derby oh, um no i i refuse Mill- it's Haley miller told me off once and i'm too scared to get it wrong now um <laughs> shout out to Haley. um <laughs> 22 disposals and she kicked a goal in in what was a hard-to-score game. Um, But Steph Kane, I think, adapted to the conditions quicker than anyone, especially for Frio. And she is looking really fit and strong after having done her ACL last year. So that is really Mm -hmm. exciting. The fact that she didn't lose her confidence in that sort of weather either because, you know, as someone who has done an ACL and has had a knee reconstruction, the fear of it going on a slippery surface is... Massive, but she played such a strong game, and I really like what she did. Um, she had twelve touches and five tackles, so she was just really aggressive at the at the contest. But then she was able to get out into space, which was really hard for a lot of um, players to do.
2: I mean, who was it you tweeted about um, their ability to below the knees ability? I should start that again. You In t- which game? <laughs> In the wet, this game, in the wet, to be able to pick up the ball and actually be. It was be, Steph Kane. Yeah, I think it might have been. Um, mm. Anyway, that clearly led to a lot of discussion. So that was great <laughs> on my part bringing that up. <laughs> I haven't done any um, 3 two, ones because I didn't watch the game. I didn't see enough of the game, but I've heard enough People tell me that Kiara Bowers was doing a great
3: job. Who did you have for 3-2-1? So um, Imara Cameron, I think, was one of the Eagles' best. So she was one of the Eagles players that stood out to me. Um, I think she was really strong and she stood up in the absence of Dana Hooker, who's out for the rest of the season. In that midfield, she put her body on the line. She used the ball quite well. Um, she also had four tackles and a goal. So I think she kind of was the... Steph Kane, maybe, on the other side of, of the table. Um, two to Steph Kane for all the things I just mentioned, then obviously three to Kiara Bowers. We'll Brilliant. get your votes Ooh. later in the week.
2: Yes. Well, why don't you tell me who I
3: voted
2: for, like, if you were going to give an alternative? Who
3: would you uh, give? Mika- I think Michaela Bowen was the other standout for the Eagles. Yeah. Um, she does those little things right. Like She'd be a great player to coach, I think. Because like Dakota Davidson, it's the little things that she's not necessarily going to get awarded rewarded for, or it's not going to show up on a stat sheet, but she'll bring her teammates into the game, or she'll create an opportunity because she tapped it on or something like that. I really like Michaela Bowen. She's only 19, I think. So it's exciting.
2: Wow. I do forget how young they are. It's kind of terrifying. I didn't mention this before which I was going to mention and I will now because it's just so funny in the Brisbane (laughs) versus Gold Coast game so they (laughs) I forgot to mention the reason why I think they played so well is mainly because of the footage we've now probably all seen on Twitter of the team singing and dancing to gimme 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 a man after midnight and Craig Stasevich coming in and asking them to do a bit of shush. Just quiet. Calm down. Calm down, girls. We need you to get into game mode. And they were having none of it.
3: The best (laughs) part is that he's come out on Twitter since and kind of defended himself by saying, oh, no, I was dancing right before that. And it's just, it's made me, I I know it's like such an irrational thing to think to find so funny but i was in tears laughing at it because i think he said i think he said um it was getting a bit out of hand it was just getting a bit out of hand and that line to me just set me off so that's gonna be my new catchphrase thanks to craig starsevich
2: oh my god it was possibly my favorite part of this whole round
3: was seeing him
2: in like i i tweeted about this i said it was very much like my year nine form room vibes." (laughs) just like at an all-girls school a bunch of girls singing and dancing and the teacher coming in just like oh please would you stop (laughs) (laughs) oh poor Craig Sarsavich imagine like just I can't imagine what it's like to be a coach of a bunch of young girls I mean, I would probably love it, but <laughs> in that moment, he didn't look like he was. But they performed in the end, so it worked. It's a winning formula for them. This should become the ritual for Brisbane Lions, I think. Yes. Tell um, them that. Like, imagine, like, the um, Port Adelaide um, Never Tear Us Apart. It's gimme, gimme, gimme. gimme. It's Abba. <laughs> it's Abba and the grass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all I want to see now.
3: Oh my god, that it, it's clearly
2: time to wrap up.
3: <laughs> I've really Direct lost... line to Bree Brock. Call her up. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll do it. I'll happily do it.
2: Please, let's make that happen. Brisbane Lions, <laughs> if you're listening, we want gimme, gimme, gimme. I don't even know if that's what it's called, but gimme, gimme, gimme to be your song pre-game that all your fans can get around. <laughs> Which is just also really ironic for an AFLW. <laughs> so yeah. I, give me you man after me. I love it. Anyway, thank you, Gemma, for carrying this particular episode. <laughs> that's not true. You brought the laughs. I feel like you need to give me some homework so that I improve for next round. Because I, I clearly just saw totally
3: different things in this, these games than but you do. But that's good. That's what's interesting.
2: Yes, true. Well anyway, look, we've got for, for a preview for next round, which we still don't have a fixture by the way, so who knows? And even if we do get a fixture, it's likely to change again. So oh you and Julia Montesano have your work cut out for you, but that will be dropping on Friday morning and you can get that whenever you get your wherever you get your podcast, by the way, um, just search for play on preview. And we would love to hear from you um, as to your thoughts on the previous round or the round coming up. So if people want to contact you, Gemma, where can they find you?
3: Twitter is the best place to find me. So I'm at GLBastiani on Twitter. What about you, Rana?
2: I am, what am I? At Rana Horse on Twitter. And Rana and B Hussein on Instagram. Those are that's where I live my entire life. Um, and just a reminder that this audio will also be online for you, as well as a podcast tomorrow. Gemma, yep. Do you reckon it will edit it Yeah, I'll edit it right now. Oh my god! When do you sleep? Never. That's
3: why I'm <laughs> sick all the time. I this was a, this round was a lot. Um, and so if helpful. someone would pay me. Yes, let's, I'd have more time to sleep.
2: <laughs> I, I definitely just threw threw down the gauntlet on Twitter today and asked for more people to pay women who are, frankly, doing free work for free, producing content for FLW, and you're one of those people. And I think you should be paid. Someone give me I money. Will pay you in sushi and visits to your house. It works for me. (laughs) (laughs) I should offer to have you at my house. Anyway, let's wrap this up because I'm (laughs) totally losing it. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank you for joining us on InstaLive today. And to those of you who are listening and play on.